Have you seen that film, The Boy in the Pajamas? The pink pa Rama, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Very good. Uh, it's all about what uh, Milan has shared. And, uh, in the pre-service prayer meeting, the, the Lord spoke to me and said, I am to call forth someone who has a scripture on their heart. And they've had it either this morning or just now. And it's just been on your mind and you haven't had any thought that it's for anyone else. Well, it's, it's for someone else for whom it will be very significant, although it may be a blessing to all. So if you have had a scripture on your mind from nowhere that's kept on coming, please speak it out. You don't have to expound it. You just speak out the scripture. Let the scripture be its own authority. And it will have special significance for someone here, as from the Lord, that person doesn't have to identify herself, himself, in any case. That's a good scripture for me, and I just share it. I read it this morning, and I just suddenly sought in a new life. Death worketh in me, so that life can work in another. And that's what I'm chewing on at the moment. Say it again, please. Pardon? Repeat the scripture, please. It's, it's, I'll find it and then I'll read it. It's in Corinthians. I'll find it. It's in the New Testament. He's got one in the meantime. It's 1 Peter, verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His grace and mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. Thank you. It's 2 Corinthians 4.12 and it says, So then, well let me just read the, the verse before, for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal body. So then, death worketh in us but life in you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, 
greet you in the name of the Lord. Elohim, the composite nature of Almighty God. Yahweh, God of covenant. Adonai, Master and Lord. El Shaddai, the all-sufficient nursing mother. Name of God. Yadah Yah. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one God. Emmanuel, God with us, amongst us. Elulam, God eternal. How wonderful that one of the names of God is the Word of God. One of the names of Jesus is the Word of God. He speaks to us through the Word. Communication is the core of relationship. My sister married a farmer. And after she'd been married three weeks, she rang up my mother and said, Do they ever talk? God talks. The Word of God. A creative word. But worship this morning has been about belonging. Mine. The word of God in Scripture which gathers us is the word mine. Pops up in John 17 as well as other places. And we sang about it this morning. Gathering together. Our Lord is always with us. But when we gather there's an extra presence. To belong. And the Lord has spoken through our daughter in England, particularly to Jane, on the lost found continuum. We belong. In society, your heritage, your background, is very significant. Our family has got some connection with Dick King. Oh, oh, oh.
believers are royal. Are royal reverends, royal priests, every one of us. Jesus speaks to us, I think we've sung of it, in creation. To be sensitive to our environment is to be open to the word of God in creation. And throughout scripture, there tends to be a pattern where God is revealed as creator before he is revealed as savior and redeemer. He speaks to us in creation, and we know the metaphors and the imagery of rivers and trees and whatever, light, stars. He also speaks to us in our circumstances. So we say, I don't need this in my life. A, it's not your life, and B, you do need it. Ten Boom needed those fleas. A cousin of ours through marriage was a farmer up in the Howick area and he owned and inherited plantations from his father for Sappy, but he was a private plantation owner. And, and he woke up one day and, and, he, and, and uh, there had been a very heavy hailstorm which had scythed his growing trees from boundary to boundary stop over the boundary everyone else's trees were flourishing. And this farmer said, someone is getting at me. Since then, he's been, and is to this day, a preacher of the gospel. God speaks to us in our circumstances. There is a meaning and a significance in why the Ormolo clock fell on the floor and shattered. This is a difficult one. He also speaks to us in our conscience. But be careful. The accuser of the brethren also speaks to us in our consciences with lies. So we need to say, is that you, Lord? Because there needs to be a discerning between the accuser of the brethren and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And then as we said, he speaks to us from the Holy Word of God. And the Holy Word of God, which we'll look at just now, hopefully, 
is meant to be foolish to intelligent, rational people. And it is. The word of God cannot be accessed by the natural mind. And theology, without the revelation of the Holy Spirit, of which there are volumes and libraries full, are foolish. They're futile according to the word of God. In order to hear the word of God in scripture, one has to be as a little child without which you will not see the kingdom. And so we hear the word of God through the Spirit, as we have already, through one another. That's through the church. God is speaking, night unto night, day unto day there is speech. And so... The commandment of the Lord to us today, as always, is to listen, to be still, to be quiet, to be, if possible, solitary, and to listen to the word, as we have heard. Solitary, silent. Still bring us to a place of service. The gospel is not the gospel of salvation. That was preached by Jesus and John the Baptist. Salvation is a constant theme of the revelation of Jesus Christ. But the gospel that Jesus and John the Baptist preached is the gospel of the kingdom of God. The government, the rule, the reign, the majesty. We sing a lot about freedom. Not sure what we mean about it. Doesn't mean freedom to do my own thing. For me, freedom means the freedom from the tyrant. The tyrant who persecutes and brutalizes me is the tyrant of self.
Let's open the Word of God. Mark chapter 10. Hear the Word of the Lord. Down in here, not here, here. Revelation. Revelation leading to relationship. Walking, as we've heard. Following the leading of the Spirit. Those that are led by the Spirit, they shall be called the children of God. Abba, Father. God has sent his Spirit into our song, into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. In a world of lost people, we've heard about the lost in Europe, God is calling to be his children. So we read. Mark 10, 29. Peter began to say to Jesus, Look, we've left everything and followed you. And Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there is no one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for my sake, family and fields, and for the sake of the good news, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age. Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers and children, fields with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. Jesus and Paul repeatedly, there are about 12 references to, in the New Testament to this age and the age to come. And the theologians go berserk over this, about pre this and post that and mid whatever. They they don't like the millennium. They say Revelation chapter 20 is all figurative. It's not, it's not real. It's not specific. Love it. This age and the age to come. The issue is, beloved... And the word of the Lord to us wants us to get hold of this because it resolves all sorts of confusion in our minds. In a sense, we call to be a bit confused. We call peculiar people. But you see, this age overlaps with the age to come. And the chaps I've been studying they want this age to stop and then the age to come there, but it's not like that. See, this age started 16.2 billion years ago when God created the heavens and the earth and time and space. And this age 
will end when Jesus comes back. So, this age started, wow, 16.2 billion years ago. Which, using Einstein and various other clever people, Schroeder and stuff, two time clocks, the further away you get from the planet, time actually slows down. And when these people have done all their clever stuff, they say at the edge of the created universe, there has been six days since the beginning. Some wandering shepherd knew about all of that. <laughs> but that age, 16.2 billion years ago, or six days, whichever way you want, will stop when Jesus comes back. So when does the age to come begin after that? No, 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 it's already begun. When Jesus rose from the dead, the age to come started. Well, what age are we in then? We're in both. We are the in-between people. We're a peculiar people. Because when, as it says in the next chapter of Ephesians 2, when Jesus rose from the dead, and when we are born again, which means we are raised from the dead in spirit, which we are spiritually resurrected, we're not just raised, we're raised up and seated in heavenly places in Christ where Jesus is. That's where we are in spirit. That's what happens when we worship. We whoop up in the spirit. That's why we get excited. Shout. Scream. Dance. Our spirit is released from the captivity of the soul and the body. Oh dear. You see, we are at one and the same time in spirit, seated in heavenly places in Christ. And at the same time, we are locked into the physical body. A distinguishing item, the distinction between this age and the age to come, is that this age is coming to an end, and the age to come will never come to an end. <laughs> Johnny, not fair, Ethelie going before me. <laughs> 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 If we could see Atherley now, we'd have to wear sunglasses. He's glorious. 
those who have left. Brothers and sisters and in-laws and blah, 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 and fields, whatever. If you're born again, you will at some time have experienced the fact that you've left your family. Well, when I was born again and was called to ministry, well, I was called to ministry before I was called to born again. Well, when I was born again, my family cut me off in a relational way, very kind, very generous, very loving. But don't talk about Jesus. And so on my 70th birthday, they gave me a big party. We happened to be in England. They gave me a, a great party. My brother was there, and there was peaches, and someone handed me the mic, and, someone, and my brother said, don't give him the mic, don't give him the mic. <laughs> afraid of the gospel. And on this beautiful cake, there was the name of my regiment. The 1st Battalion, the Oxfordshire, Buckinghamshire, Light Infantry. And, and then I was eight years, Jane and Zambia. And I think they said colonial service or something like that. And then it finished. I didn't live after, after I returned from Africa, nothing. And all those times and all those visits, not once has anyone asked me ever what I do here and what this church is about. There's a, there's a you know, I mean, the elder of my two sisters holds office because they live on a farm and there's an old church there a million years old made of brick etc and they have to keep it going but, but when we, we went there she came and gave us some uh, books we take these things away well, Nicky Gumbel's books about the Alpha course <laughs> <laughs> they were really might have been some occult stuff. Left. Those who have left. And, and we have to understand that. That you see, I mean, some of our church-going, unbelieving family, uh, they are committed to a culture of the church and the traditions of the church. And Jesus says, beware of those traditions which make the word of God of none effect. And our daughter Jacqueline is a priest in the Anglican church in Oxford. And she's subject to Oxford theological stuff, which is unmitigated poison.
I pray every day. Quite a long prayer about the Lord delivering her, protecting her from the traditions of Oxford Anglicanism, which is very, very erudite and clever and sophisticated and educated, which make the word of God a effect. But fortunately, Jacqueline's full of the Spirit, and she's a wonderful pastor, and we get a copy of her sermons. She was doing Luke 15 last Sunday, and got the lost and found thing. Beware of theologians. Beware of traditions. Beware of traditions in Sarepta. The spirit in the pre-series pyramid. Just watch out, you Sareptans, you don't get fossilized. Oh, yes. We got to left, have left everything and followed you. I tell you, there's no one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or mothers or father or children or fields for my sake. I'm glad you got field for the sake of the good news. Persecutions. And a lot of our brothers and sisters in the Islamic world and in the communist world are suffering terrible persecutions for owning a Bible. It carries a death sentence in some in Brunei, I think. Persecution. But Islam, evil as it is, I can get arrested for that. What's the problem? Uh, and communism, which is distinct from Marxism, uh, as you know, G.K. Testerton said, no one's tried Christianity yet. And, well, I don't think anyone's tried Marxism yet, or most of it's about the Sermon on the Mount. But there's an evil greater than those. Hinduism and Marxism and communism and Taoism and Confucianism. People from those cultures who believe in, in Jesus are excommunicated from their family and brutalized today. But there's an evil greater than them all. And that is secular humanism. Secular humanism. And most of it is so Christian-focused it's, it's a disease called quack, Christianity without Christ. It's a subterfuge, it's satanic. Oh. Thought I was under arrest. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. All right. Well, you receive hundredfold now in this age. There was a very posh upper class 
Cambridge University student. I'll get you in mind in a minute. Uh, who met Jesus. What? No. He went to China. No. 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 Oh, C.T. Stone. Well, whoever. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, he was very wealthy and he became to the Lord and was called to the mission field. Uh, and he, and he, he, he married a, a Salvation Army tambourine basher. A, and he kept a bit of his wealth back for her. She was offended. Did I, did I want your filthy riches? So he had to give it all away. And by the time he had ended his ministry, this verse became true. Will not receive a hundredfold in this age, houses, and blah, 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 blah. And at the end of his life, he could go anywhere in the world, and houses were open to him. Uh, and he was received anywhere. Uh, he owned the world, having given it all away. Well, we better get on to the next one. But, what? Uh, this, the age to come, eternal life. There it is. Jesus talks about this age and the age to come. Alright? So let's go to Ephesians. It's further to the right in the Bible. A-E-I-O-U. You know that? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Thessalonians. Alright. Ephesians 1. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. That's the beginning of the age to come. And he put this power to work in Christ. Now when we read about Christ in the Bible... It's not about Christ, the Son of God. It's about Christ, born of woman. Christ is the anointed, the Messiah. And the Messiah had to be a human being. And Jesus Christ is the head of the body. And if you want to know... Who the body are, come and stand with me here and you will see the body of Christ. And so what is given the power of resurrection in Christ is given to his body. Well, 
when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. This is a picture of Joseph at the right hand of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh gave delegated authority to Joseph, who ruled the Egyptian empire. And Jesus is at the right hand of God in his humanity, and so are we in the spirit in our humanity. And so Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. Jesus is reminding us this morning that the authority he has received from the Father, so send I you. We have authority. We have authority in Christ. Even in this age. Even in this body. See, the soul, the mind, the emotions and the, and the will are all in a tangle because some of them are connected up to the spirit and some of them are subject to this corrosive, eroding body. Far above all rule, authority, power and dominion, above every name that is named. Not only in this age, but also in the age to come. Far above. Not above, but far above. Jesus is far above and those who are in Christ are far above in the spirit. And when we join athlete, we will be far above, glorified. And when Jesus comes back, we'll get our glorified bodies. There will no more any conflict with the soul and the body. In this age and also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him head over all things for the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. All for us, for the body of Christ. Now I, I understand the pray for the nation, I all understand that. But the biblical concept of the nations is not what we in this age understand about the nation of South Africa or England or Australia or New Zealand. I suppose New Zealanders can be born again. I was watching yesterday. Hmm. Oh, really me. Put all things under his feet. So when they come to persecute, when those are in power whom you do not admire, they're under your feet. They're fast.
Pilate had Jesus bound in front of him. But Pilate was the prisoner. The Holy Roman Emperor was the slaves. Under God. Although we do recognize that in this age, the ruler of this world is Satan. Satan is responsible for the headlines. Now Jane and I watch quite a lot of Nat Geo Wild. It's a channel on the TV. And it goes into the amazing functions of the animal kingdom. How pigeons relate and find their way back. Wonderful stuff. But the common thing when they're looking at insects or when they're looking at or the orca, killer whales or whatever, the natural world in this age is busy eating each other. Whether it's tiny insects or huge sea creatures. And they're all going to be recreated. God has a covenant with the animal kingdom. The reason why there are animals in the Garden of Eden and on Noah's Ark and in Paradise, Isaiah 11, the reason why there are animals is because God has made a covenant with them. In the same way that he made a covenant with man, with Abraham. That's why they have to be there. They're in, they're in covenant with God. And in the new age, they will all be herbivores. There's no death in the new age. In the age to come, there is perfect balance. There's no waste. This is why there's no marriage. <laughs> you don't get married in the age to come because no one dies. So you don't need to reproduce. And, you know, the, the big sort of clever question, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? Huh? The answer is no, they were created. They weren't born of woman. You only have a belly button if you're born of woman. Jesus had a belly button. The wisdom of this age is futile in reference to the age to come. And in this age, leaders need to be well-trained, highly intelligent, very gifted, very decisive, men up front, people who can handle a crisis. That's in this age. In the age to come, leaders, you take a little child. It's a very different story. Jesus has come to deliver us from this 
present evil world. So I have a problem with those of us who say, what a wonderful world God has created. We do not live in the world that God has created. The world in which we live has been desiccated, been vandalized, been imprinted with death. The galaxies are burning up. You may not believe this, but I used to be a fine specimen of humanity. And now for the rich. The rich in this age are in big trouble. We won't go into it, but James says, Howl! Howl! Howl, you rich! John Wesley said, No Christian to die with more than 10 pounds in his pocket. Well, 10 pounds then was about 100,000 men, but then, all right. <laughs> But this counterpoint between this age and the age to come runs through the New Testament. And the chaps on Google say, the professor on Google says he's never heard anyone preach on, or teach on this age and the age to come. Never. A professor of theology. He should have come to Sarepta. He'd have heard the law. And in my Bible, in Timothy, when it talks about, when it talks about, here we are, look. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share. Thus, that's what all this is about. Thus, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of eternal life. Well, that's what all the other Bibles say. It doesn't say so in the New Revised Standard Version. So that they may take hold of life that really is life. And until that happens, we are waiting and looking for the great blessing. Reverend 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 6, verse 19. <laughs> uh, we wait for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>